0: Welcome to the Urban Gardener podcast, where we help you turn up your gardening knowledge with tips and tricks for gardening in the city. I'm Josh Campbell, urban ag and natural resources educator, here with my friends.
1: Hi, I'm Julia Laughlin. I'm the Oklahoma County Horticulture Educator.
0: Hi, I'm Kate Reynolds.
1: I'm the Urban Agriculture Program Assistant.
0: We are approaching Arbor Day in the month of April, and so what better to talk about as we think about Arbor Day and... um, and April than planting trees. And this is a, this is a time when many people are thinking about maybe planting or establishing new trees in their landscape. So whether you're trying to increase your real estate value or lower your energy consumption, maybe just add beauty to your yard. Trees are an excellent choice when we think about plant materials for our landscape. Unlike small herbaceous plants, though, trees require some extra care to establish and grow. And so Julia, let's talk about this. What types of trees should we think about planting in the spring?
1: Well, you can plant almost anything in the spring. You know, there's that um, whole discussion of fall planting is ideal for many types of landscape plants, but honestly, the, the spring is really good for the majority of things in Oklahoma as well. One thing that for sure I would recommend planting in the spring and not the fall is broadleaf evergreens because our winter winds are so hard on those and desiccating and like this winter we had a horrible drought i mean it was just a really dry winter now that ended uh, eventually thank goodness but it was for a while there it was so dry i i Embarrassingly, lost some azaleas that were in beds that are very well drained that I just kind of ignored this winter, and I realized that I've lost a couple azaleas mm-hmm. um, where I should have been on top of that winter drought because they're yeah. broadleaf evergreens. So. so, so
0: you mentioned azaleas when you think about broadleaf evergreens. What are some of the others? Um, like uh,
1: magnolias, Magnolia is a good one. Um, well, the the evergreen magnolia is not the deciduous ones, and hollies, especially think of the uh, broadleaf hollies. You know, like American holly or the asian hollies there's just that big fat leaf and then here comes our wind so so sometimes when you plant those in the fall it's just if we have a rough winter or things are just really dry and desiccating then you'll get a lot of winter burn on those and they won't root down as well so so really now's a good time to plant broadleaf evergreens the other one josh is bare root trees you can only plant bare root trees in the spring because if you aren't familiar with how this works in the nursery industry what's going on is they've started these seeds in a field nursery or they've started a seed of something and or a cutting and or they might have even grafted something else on top like on roses on fruit trees but or it may just be a seedling or a cutting in the field it roots down it gets one to two years old they literally (laughs) <laughs> Dig it, yank it out of the ground, put it in a bag with a little damp peat moist, bag it up, ship it to the stores. And those are dormant. And a lot of fruit time. trees
0: are done that way, right? Uh,
1: the majority. Well, and that's a great way to buy fruit trees. They take off very quickly when you do a So research shows that you can put a bare root fruit tree next to one that's been in a you know, five-gallon pot for a couple years, and the bare root fruit tree will catch up with the big one and outgrow it. So, it's so much cheaper to buy them bare root as well, but the secret is to get them in the ground in that window when they're dormant at the very latest part of winter and the very earliest part of spring. So, a bare root tree is going to be in a bag. You may see them at your garden center, your box store, and if they don't sell... Usually in a garden center or a nursery, they go ahead and pot them up and they turn them into a, what they call a containerized fruit tree or pot, potted plant. But in the box stores, Josh, they don't, they just leave them there. They mark them down sometimes <laughs> and you'll go by. But the trick there probably is to just not buy them after they've leafed out. Okay. Because if they've popped their little leaves out of their little buds, they've broken dormancy and they're going to have a really hard time adjusting because the roots are not in soil. Mm-hmm. They're just in that little bit of, con- of a lot of the
0: um the the online and mail order tree places send them to you bare root because they're so easy yes, to ship. they're and easy lightweight. To get to yeah. yeah,
1: and it is a really good way to do it, and you don't have to be some advanced gardener. You just need to understand the window in the spring is really short, and then of course container grown ball and burlap field grown and spaded trees all of those can also go in this spring container grown plants they say you know you can plant those almost anytime just avoid the worst part of the winter and the worst part of the hottest part of the summer yeah so if you're patient and you're not you know over 90 years old try to look for things that are a little bit smaller I think you're you know smaller is going to be cheaper and container grown is going to be fine
0: what are some of the best practices then for how we plant trees? And you mentioned the root ball being root bound. As we pull some of those containerized trees, perhaps out of those containers, right. we prepare to plant them. What are what do we need to think about when we're preparing that planting hole? Right. Um, and and then what we would need to do maybe to to give that tree the best okay. success? As we okay. Okay.
1: So this is all going to be just the opposite of what you would think. <laughs> Always say that because common sense would tell you is common sense would say dig a big old hole and throw it in there, you know. But what you really want to do is make a very wide hole and not a very deep hole. And this is true for all trees. And then when you put the soil back in, You want to, on trees, if I can clarify that, on trees, you do not want to amend that soil. On shrubs, it's okay. And the reason is, like if you've ever bought a rose bush and they sell you, you know, some soil additive or compost or peat moss, they're really not trying to mislead you. But on a tree, we don't want to do that because the tree will not send its roots out into the native soil and so we're going to loosen up that native soil, you know, three or four times the size of the ball wide. Just go lo- loosen it up a couple of inches below and then go three or four times the size of the ball, you know, that So comes rather out than of that.
0: the depth of the hole we're really thinking about the width of the uh-huh. planting. And hole.
1: then on trees, don't amend it. Just put the same topsoil in that you pulled out even if you don't love it. But on shrubs, you can make it a little bit sweeter with some compost or something. Cool so about the root system too let's say you pop that container off of that uh, landscape tree or shrub and it's been in there for a couple years at the nursery it may have been at the wholesale nursery then it came to this nursery may have stayed at that nursery over winter who knows how long it's been in that pot so you take off the pot boy it looks great on top but the roots are so compacted in there and they may be circling which is not good What I tell people, the easiest way for me to see it in my mind is to untangle them. If you've ever had your hair long, it gets tangled. (laughs) You know, or you ever rode a motorcycle, (laughs) it gets tangles in your hair. And you just untease that as best you can. If it's really, really compacted and you can't pull it apart, you can take your pruners and clip the edges to start pulling it apart. But that will cause those roots to come out and start their new growth in that hole that you just dug. And branch better. Awesome. Um, so, you, you know, you even have to do that with perennials and bedding plants sometimes, especially right. perennials that have been in a pot for a while.
0: But I like to take a box knife even and just uh-huh. kind of, just kind of, oh, yeah. um, just kind of lightly brush the sides all around yeah. the, the ball and kind of create yeah. some new yeah. areas yeah. Yeah. for the If roots. you
1: take something out of a pot and it's just a f- beautiful fibrous root system, it hasn't barely reach the bottom and stuff, you really don't need to do a whole lot. But if it's compacted, it will really help for you to tease it, cut it, prune it a little, and get it re So Cool.
0: Great tips there. Well, so then what are, Julia, what are some other common do's and don'ts when it comes to tree planting? Because I think there are a lot of practices out there that people are convinced you have to do when it comes to tree planting, whether that be staking or or whatever it might be. And so what are some do's and what are some don'ts you would recommend? Okay,
1: and probably let's start with this. This one is really important, water. If you buy a bare root tree, uh, let's say you ordered it from a nursery that does fruit trees, or you bought one at your box store, or your nursery, I would soak that plant in water overnight, 24 hours. If you leave it in in a bucket of water uh, more than 24 hours, you need to change the water because it'll lose oxygen. And so it needs fresh water if you leave it in there more than 24 hours. But if you leave it just overnight, that will start that root growth going good. And then when you plant the bare root tree or you plant container-grown tree, ball and burlap, I would suggest putting water in the bottom of that hole before you even start planting. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then put your bare root tree, whatever tree, container grown, everything, whatever, and then fill it back halfway, water again, fill it again, water again you may leave a little moat you know I always think of like when we were kids and we would make sandcastles make a little moat so that you can hold water there when you water or when it rains and then if we don't have rain water that plant once a week all summer if it rains, fine, don't, yeah, but if it doesn't rain,
0: especially, right, so, establishing, so critical yeah, you establish yeah. It it it's fruits. a really
1: important thing. You can even buy those little tree bags, Josh, you know, mm-hmm. that you, fill, you put them on and then you fill them up, and that way you don't have to worry about it because it'll slowly water, especially if it's a long ways from your house or something and it's hard to get a hose out there. But we also should get rain, so if you're paying attention to rain, one inch of rain would take care of it. Otherwise, you know, keep them watered, and then I suggest that first winter, if it's dry, also on anything evergreen too that you you water. Mm-hmm. So, another thing probably that a lot of people get confused about it is staking. So, the bigger the tree, harder it's going to fall. <laughs> Big trees almost always need staked because they have that all that growth on top, and then they have that ball down there smaller trees a lot of times don't have to be staked like a bare root tree fruit tree or something there is a tip that I can give you that's going to sound silly but when you're planting a bare root tree like a fruit tree if you will just tip it slightly towards the the southwest slightly not you know at a big angle but (laughs) what happens is when the southwest winds come that year and it's still rooting down it'll end up straight (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. You can tell when people have planted them straight. A lot of times in orchards, because they'll lean. Or, yeah, they're, they lean to the to the right. northeast. Yeah, but a little bit of a point to the southwest in our in our state is a good thing. And then we talked about big trees and staking. We're going to stake for the north and the south wind, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why you see them either stake directly north and south, or sometimes you'll see companies or homeowners stake them to the southwest and the northeast because. It really does come a little bit more from the east and the west. Yeah, our and
0: prevailing winds yeah. in Oklahoma tend to go that kind of southwest yeah, and northeast right. direction. Yeah, that's right. Yep, you know?
1: yep. Um, you can buy staking kits. We have a whole uh, information on staking in our fact sheets. But here's a really good thing to know. Here's a tip. So you only want to stake for one year. Because what happens is if you stake for longer than one year or one season, we say one year because that could include a couple seasons, right? Or maybe three or maybe 4 but if you plant something in spring make sure that you have it taken off by the next spring at the end of the next winter because what happens is they the roots will literally develop like as if they had on training wheels and you won't develop good you know foot, footer root, roots that hold the tree steady and so one year is fine to protect the ball but it should be rooting down at that point and then you should take them off
0: we see so often especially in in like retail shopping center settings and things like that where trees were staked and then those stakes are left on for so long you have all sorts of issues where you have those trees like grow into those stakes and wires and things and so uh, what a mess that can be.
1: Oh yeah yeah and we could talk about that all day long get all of that off. Uh, Josh and I just saw this recently on an estate where the contractor had left you know, all of the ties on the base of the plant, which literally kills them when they mature because it chokes them to death. Another thing that people want to know is, should I prune when I plant? And it's, it isn't recommended in most cases. We do recommend it on fruit and nut trees because what'll happen is you'll get this little bare root tree. Well, you may get a container grown fruit tree or pecan or something, but let's say you have a little tiny whip of a plant that's bare root, literally looks like a, twig if you if you went ahead and plant it and you don't top it you may get this real strong apical growth and you won't get any branch formation that develops scaffolds or major branch development and so it may or may not say when you buy it if it's been pruned if you can't see where it's been cut I would top it generally depending on what size the fruit tree is I would top it you know, whether it's a standard or a dwarf or a semi-dwarf, I would top it, you know, somewhere between two and three feet, unless it's smaller than that, to give it some scaffold, make those buds break out of the side. Our fact sheet on fruit trees will tell you more about that and how to top them. But other than that, I wouldn't do any printing unless something's broken okay. or crazy like branches rubbing each other. Yeah. yeah, I'd leave them alone till the next year.
0: Awesome. Wow. Great tips. Uh, lots of great information there. Kate, if you think about some of the things we might, see come into our call center or or other questions that might come to mind that people have? What what are some thoughts?
1: People are always really interested on where they can find more information on what trees work well here. I know in the last maybe two to three years we've had some environmental things kind of come in and damage a lot of landscape trees and so where can people find out what would be better for their landscapes? Well, I'm going to mention a couple of fact sheets that are fairly new. So the, the ones I'm talking about, Josh, are the ones, the deciduous trees for landscapes and evergreen trees for landscapes. It's trees and shrubs. Yeah, those And those, those two are sheets. really, really good. And then I have to mention the Oklahoma proven and, and Josh, you want to chime in here? We've got what, 22 years, 23 yeah, years,
0: 23 or four. It's so yeah. s- since 1999, every yeah. year Oklahoma proven has been selecting a tree and, and other plants as well, but a, a tree. So there's at least 24, maybe 25 yeah. trees on that list that are, yeah. have shown to be well-adapted and to be successful Superstars. O- superstar options right. for Oklahoma. right?
1: And then there's also every year a shrub mm-hmm. and then an annual and a perennial. It's a good way to see what we know is proven if you're looking to build a landscape. Of course, there's that drought-tolerant plant material reference, too, um, that is available online. Yeah. Water-efficient
0: landscapes for Oklahoma. Water-efficient some landscapes some for Oklahoma. That's tips. also
1: available online. I really like that one because it has so many plants in it. I'm not saying Oklahoma Proven has a lot, but there's some stuff when you read that one, the water efficient choices that uh, you'd be like, I never even heard of that. And it's drought tolerant. I want it. I'm going to go look for it. So
0: um,
1: I think those are all really good ideas, Kate. Are, Are we missing something?
0: No, there's, I would say you're going to find a bunch of resources when it comes to selecting good trees. When you just look through our fact sheet website and you search through the resources that we'll link in the show notes.
1: Brings up a really good point though, Josh, really good point. So when you look at the adapted zone for that plant, because when you go to the nursery, they show you the zones. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can look and see if it's hardy in our zone or not. So the smaller the number the cold hardier it is. The bigger or fatter the number, the less cold hardy it is. And we're luckily kind of right smack dab in the middle. So we get a lot of this stuff from the south that we can still get that might be hardy in Dallas is hardy here. But with us being in around that seven, zone seven, if it says that it's zone six, five, four, three, two, one, you know it'll overwinter here. If it says it's zone nine, it's probably considered not hardy here. So, so look at, at the adapted zone too for the cold hardiness. That's a, great,
0: that's a great point. That's a great point.
1: But all the stuff that we recommend in our information is adapted.
0: What else do you have for us, Kate?
1: Do each of you have a favorite tree that you'd like to shout out here? One? Ooh, Just yeah, one. that's so hard. <laughs> Holy I didn't know this question was coming,
0: so I, I'm going to have to.
1: <laughs> you go first. You want me to from go the the first. Hip
0: here. Well, I there are so many. I oh, would I know. say the first things that come to mind. I, I definitely love bald cypress. You know, yeah. they're not good, perfect for every setting, but they're, they're a right. very versatile tree. They can tolerate wet feet, but they can also tolerate very dry um, so conditions. They're, they're very pretty, and they're kind of that deciduous evergreen, so a unique tree to Oklahoma. Um, they, they are native to the far southeast part of the state, but they, they actually will do well in, in many settings in Oklahoma. So that's, mm. that's one of my favorites. Um, I just like the look of it. Uh, maybe a less common tree that you you don't see as often that I also am a big fan of is the Kentucky coffee tree. Oh yeah um, a lot of people don't like those because of the seed pods that they put off are obnoxious but they have some some varieties that like I think espresso is one now yep. the espresso yep. Kentucky coffee tree that you're not gonna get any of that. They're just beautiful large trees that I, I really agree. enjoy in in a landscape setting. What about you Julia?
1: Well okay I'm gonna say first, Desert willow. Ooh,
0: that's a great
1: I, one. I love that tree. Um, I have one from a seedling that is kind of on its last leg, but it's about 25 or 30 years old. And I'll be honest with you, it was storm damaged, but um, I've babied it along. But then recently I, I've i invested in one of the new varieties. I believe it's called burgundy. And please don't quote me on that, but I think it's burgundy. It's this willowy looking tree, but it's not really a willow. It's a desert plant. And then it puts out these giant burgundy flowers, you guys, all summer it's kind of like a you know you get the bloom out of a crepe myrtle but not as intense but absolutely beautiful desert willow and then i'm going to name a second one kate sorry but the shantung maple oh that's a good I one. i know well the thing about it is i love japanese maples but whoa they are so prissy and so expensive the Shantung maple is like every person's maple. It's um it doesn't put those weird roots up like the silver maple. It has beautiful clear yellow or sometimes red and yellow foliage. And it's got the smaller leaf yeah. that resembles one of the Japanese
0: maples. And it is more, it's larger than a Japanese maple, larger but more than compact Jap- than some of the other maples. So you can fit it ex- into a smaller yes, earth, urban landscape. Yes,
1: and foolproof. Yeah. Yeah. People. They're in the parking lot in at our building here. Great. They're beautiful. But man, I could go on. Uh, yeah, me too. We,
0: we were. We, she said, "Do you have a favorite tree?" And yeah. we both gave we two, and up. we could give more. So we better.
1: <laughs> what about you, though, Kate? Do you have a favorite? I like bur oaks. I really yeah. like the acorn. Oh, they are, are cool. They're kind of are... they're kind of like otherworldly because the yeah they don't seem like they're from here.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those my my five year old son loves to go to places like Martin Nature Park or or um, other places and walk through the woods and pick up the giant. Oak acorns because they're just they're like the size of his hand. He yeah. loves those. So yeah. <laughs> Great trees. Well, uh, hopefully you will consider planting a tree this spring as we head into um Arbor Day. And if you need help finding the perfect tree, definitely check out the resources we referred to today and um take advantage of the awesome tips that were shared. Um We'll link all the fact sheets that we referenced today in our show notes. We really want to emphasize uh, our planting trees and shrubs fact sheet and also the fertilizing shade and ornamental trees um, and shrubs fact sheet. Those are both excellent fact sheets that will get you off to a really good, successful start when it comes to planting a tree this spring. With that, we appreciate your listen, and we will see you next time on the Urban Gardener Podcast.
1: How was our time? Oh, oh,